Welcome to the inaugural Standing By Terry and Ted Christmas Podcast. Don your favorite flannel gown and slippers, pour some eggnog, and gather the family around the old smart speaker for some festive Yuletide fun with Terry and Ted and a multitude of famous and not-so-famous guests. Sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval, Merson Automotive, and Matlab Bonnard. Hello, I'm Paul Reed. And I'm one of a family of 16 children. We grew up together during the Depression years. Those years we shared with countless thousands. Poverty. Poverty that drew us closer together, especially at Christmas time. In the next little while, I would like to share some of my memories, personal memories, that might relate in some way to you and your Christmases past. And perhaps, in so doing, keep alive some of the beautiful traditions that make this time of year the warmest and most lovely. Early memories? Well, the almost unbelievable excitement that crept into our home when Mom started preparing the ingredients for her Christmas cake. That was the beginning. Then the sound of Dad's workshop tools in the cellar. Yes, it was a dirt-floored cellar. And his bandsaw and lathe hummed and buzzed into the small hours, making dollhouses... Yes, even dolls. And I remember, I remember one unbelievable Christmas when under the tree there was a four-seater pedal pushcart he'd made out of bits and pieces. Oh, boy, that made the Reed family the envy of the neighborhood. I remember, I remember my sisters cutting out pictures from magazines. Remember the cute Campbell soup kids, rosy cheeks, Flash Gordon, things like that, and pasting them in a rough, coarse scrapbook with paste made of flour and water as a gift for a younger brother who wasn't supposed to notice. These sights, sounds, and smells of Christmas remain as strong with me today As if they happened yesterday. I guess when it comes to Christmas, I'll never grow up. And truthfully, when it comes to this time of year, really, I don't want to.
You may not recognize that voice, but uh, that voice that has opened our Christmas podcast is the voice of the late, great Paul Reed. And I want to start by saying thank you to Mike Reed and the Reed family for allowing us to use that clip. Paul Reed was a staple in our house when I was a kid and still is a staple in a lot of homes in Montreal and I would suspect Toronto uh, 50 or almost 60 years since he recorded uh, that Christmas show. Paul Reed passed away long ago, but his work lives on and we thought that was an appropriate way to open our very first Christmas special, Ted the Bird. Hello. Ted of the Bird, that's me. I'm a Ted of the Bird. Yeah. You know what? Not only a great voice, but a great broadcaster. And I remember you saying this to me years ago, that Paul Reed was the guy who who taught you, and I don't mean directly, but by listening to him about connecting with the audience one-on-one. When he is speaking, it sounds like he's talking to me. Yeah, I, I remember saying to my mom one night, how does he know what we're doing? How does he know where we are and what we're doing? Because it sounded to me like he was just talking to our family. And that, as you know, Ted, is uh, is is quite a gift. It's quite a um, it's it's quite a uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's a, a big such a big part of the craft of being a great broadcaster. And he was one of the best. How many guys have you known over the years who had a great voice, but didn't know how to broadcast? Yeah. And, and he had both. He, uh, he was a great broadcaster with a great voice. And again, uh, my thanks to the Reed family. It tickles me that we were able to open our Christmas special with uh, Paul Reed, uh, a classic. Uh, this, this isn't uh, really a classic, although it is a derivative of what we used to do, I think, 20 plus years ago if not more, and a tradition that I continued right up until last year on the Friday before we would leave for holidays, we would throw the format out the window, um, irritate the program directors and, uh, you know, play uh, Bing Crosby and all our favorite Christmas records. And um, uh, one of my favorites was, uh, who was the, uh, I can't remember, I can never remember his name. Uh, I was thinking about him today. Uh, Joseph. um, Yes. Joseph, uh, somebody. Yeah. Joe, um, we'll find out. Yeah. Before this uh, podcast. Yeah. He was, I believe he was Bahamian. (laughs) I think he was from the, from the Bahamas and he would play the guitar and Santa Claus. (laughs) Amazing guitar player, but uh, uh, could not, uh, couldn't sing very well. Well, he certainly had a unique singing style. So Ted and I thought we would uh, we would do a, a Christmas a, a standing by Christmas special and start a new tradition, and um, I'm glad you could join us uh, for this. Uh, what we've done is we've lined up some um, I think some pretty special guests. Um, I think so. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a lineup. I think we uh, uh, are going to uh, be welcoming some uh, national figures, and most importantly, both of our moms are going to make an appearance and uh, at the end of this a, a special performance <clears throat> excuse me by a, a longtime Montreal favorite and a, a good friend of mine uh, now Chris Berg is uh, going to close out the show for us later on um, so uh, it's going to be a combination of Ted and I uh, farting around like we always love to do and uh, some special guests so are you ready for our first Christmas special Ted 
I am. And just for the record, Joseph Spence. Thank you very much, yeah. Joseph Spence. Yeah, if you want to have a good laugh, listen yes. to Joseph. Go online and find Joseph Spence. Santa Claus is coming to town. Easy yeah. to find. Very entertaining. All right. Our first guest is, uh, and we thought this would be interesting, and it was, because he's very entertaining, and he was a, um, a professional hockey uh, player in the National Hockey League. And Ted, you got in touch with him, and he agreed to appear on the show. PJ Stock is uh, not only a, a noted former professional hockey player, but a noted broadcaster uh, at a national level. He was hockey, on Hockey Night in Canada for a while and still should be as far as I'm concerned, but that's a whole other discussion. Uh, and now he's on uh, RDS, which is a reflection of, uh, of uh, how much he's a part of the community on both sides of the cultural divide. And he's a good guy and he's a funny guy. And we had a nice chat with PJ about Christmas as a professional hockey player and after professional hockey. I should be doing this by the Christmas tree. You know what? This isn't, I have, I have a, I don't even know what I have behind me right now. <laughs> like others old paintings and I have the red on, but we just actually funny enough. We just decorated our house. We leave the Christmas tree up all year round. You, I love what? I leave my tree up. Obviously it's not a real one, but oh. uh, I, it up all year round and really? uh, last night decorations just came out so wow <laughs> where where do you put the christmas tree uh by the tv by the fireplace by the sky. so like in july it's it's up it's up my friend <laughs> That's fantastic hey pj how many kids do you have have four i like three <laughs> actually today two today before four and all teenagers now so i guess christmas is different now than it was when you were playing it's totally different i mean like when i was playing my i two really really young ones but even just i mean christmas changes every year every year it's just as you guys know as a we get older the kids get older and uh it's no longer the best thing about the new christmases are i'm not up you know making gifts till three four in the morning anymore it's kind of they're what they like and what they don't like and what santa brings and doesn't bring anymore the the, the gifts and the styles of gifts have changed I, airpods i don't have to get up and put them together as if i'm making a hockey net and putting the lace <laughs> through it and getting frustrated now i just put the airpods up put, put a name on it a little wrap paper around it get thrown under the tree how old are the kids Christmas? now sorry tear sorry sorry how old are the kids now, PJ? I have uh, 19, my son's 19 and three, daughter, three daughters, 17, 15, and 14, which is fun having three teenage daughters in your house, guys. Funny. I'm just, it's a great time. I it's got a, one and that's plenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm telling you, it gets more fun with two and more fun with three. Add in a <laughs> wife and two female dogs and you have yourself a party. Hey, PG, I was telling Ted before we started to record this, I remember as a kid, um, I remember the, the, the Montreal Canadians uh, being interviewed in the Star and the Gazette and talking about being with their families on Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day. And I think they were at practice or playing a game on Boxing Day. I think they got like 36 hours off for Christmas. And at one point, I think the CBA changed all that. When, when you played, what was it like to be away from the family? Well, it was, we always had the league shut down for the 23rd, 
24th uh, and uh, sorry, 24th, 25th, always. Um, it, it's hard because I, I understand uh, what hockey is and it's the best time where everyone's at home and not working and can watch. And that's where the NHL and sports always try to, you know, you know, take advantage of a situation. And I, I mean, I remember growing up, my Christmas was always prior to playing pro hockey, but my Christmas and New Year's were always the same. It was always with my cousins. My dad had an identical twin and the Christmas party was at our house or their house and vice versa, vice versa on New Year's Eve and New Year's. And growing up, New Year's was watching, you know, the college championship in football. So that's when I got it at understanding at a young age. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a holiday. It's great celebration. Um, but we get the 25th, we, uh, we would celebrate Christmas on the 24th at night. Uh, and my family all did it for me. And then quickly in the morning and then back in the car and back to wherever we have. Wow. And, yeah. and that, that, that takes a bit of a toll on the family, doesn't it? Oh no, they just loved it when I was gone. It was like everyone was excited. Dad's gone, or mom and mom and dad are excited that I'm their son's gone. It was just I ate all their food, drank all their booze, took all their presents, or or with my family just complained about everything else because yeah, the kids open the presents, but I have to clean up after them and do everything. Um, I, I can't complain. It's it's a pretty good Christmas is an amazing time in our house, and as I said, I leave a Christmas tree up all year round. Yeah. So. Do, do the guy? Do the guys on? Do the guys on the teams exchange presents or do any kind of you know party? There's always of um, mock Christmas gift, Christmas party. You throw a couple parties during the year. Normally, there's always you guys have heard about the infamous rookie meal. Yeah. Which, of course, for people listening, it's the rookies of the team. Uh, it happens once in your career. You have to take all the veterans out on your team. And it normally happens on the road, so you're not in town, so everyone's around. So let's say I'm playing for Montreal Canadiens, and your rookie meal is wherever you have, like, two, three nights off in a row. It normally happens on a, on a, on a Western trip for an East Coast team. So you play L.A. and Anaheim back-to-back, have a night off, play San Jose. Then you'll go to Phoenix and have three days off. So a lot of times it happens out, out there. And the rookies, so let's say there's three of you or four of you, have to take the entire team out to, like, the nicest restaurant in town. My rookie meal bill was $23,500. I didn't have to pay that, but all the rookies do. So that's a big a party uh, during the year and the team kicks it some money. Halloween, you always throw a Halloween party and, and Christmas is kind of more in, um, of a family team thing. Teams always throw like Christmas parties. So right. it's not more or less just the players. It's like the organization. And now I don't know if we can say Christmas anymore, but it's a celebration of the of the times, I guess it is. What what was the restaurant? It's on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I'm just, I'm just still trying to. Um, what what? Oh my my. because yeah, what it is, it's it's usually something like uh like a Morton's or or like a high end yeah. steak restaurant where you can get a bottle of wine for eleven hundred dollars. Yes, it was. It was. It was. Uh, Mine personally was with the New York Rangers and it was a place called the forge in Miami, I believe, believe, um, which was, I think it was Ma one of Madonna's restaurants down there. Yeah. And what? it was, it was funny. Cause I grew up, I knew nothing about, you know, I went to a big day was when you know, I never I was never on a plane growing up. My big vacation was a week camping. You know, my parents treated us awesome, but my mom was a nurse. My dad worked a ton and 
we had great family meals, but it's not as if the time was, uh, we weren't having steak meals and, and fancy right. wine. Yeah. So everything was good for me. What, what, what do you tip on 23 K? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> or, or <laughs> that was included. So I don't know what they took, uh, <laughs> they took from us. I just put my head down, but I remember walking by and I like, um, this lady walks over with a chip and, and this black stuff on it. And she was like, I'm back then we're just drinking beers and nothing fancy at the time uh, for me. Now it's like, oh, if I can redo a rookie party for me, uh, knowing what I know, I walk by and this lady walks by and here's her, would you like one? And I'm like, no, thank you. And all Samuelson reaches, you go, hey kid, you might as well have one. It's costing you about 500 bucks a chip. <laughs> Caviar. So uh, I still don't know what caviar is, but I saw it that one time at the party. Uh, good times. I know, I know that it looks bad. I don't know what it tastes like, and I know that it's horribly expensive. That's all. Yeah. I know. You have caviar here? Yeah, I put it in my mouth once, and uh, I I did the full Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. What is like? Why? How does that become? I, I, how does that? Like, I I, I know I, lived, I played in Boston and played out in the East Coast, and you know. <laughs> back in the day lobster was like the poor man's food and now lobster is like you know it's so you know it just i don't know how these things go yeah yeah i I don't get anything whatsoever yeah and you you were raised like me and ted i you know put put two steamies down in front of me rather than caviar thanks very much you know okay what do you put on your hot dogs uh i'm uh i'm a tut garni guy i'm a mustard relish onions mustard and ketchup for me that's it. Yeah. Like no pickled cheese. Like you ever like feeling crazy and like change it up? No, no, no I'm, I'm an old classic. My, my wife is uh mayonnaise and ketchup. She's French. She's toasted. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. She's toasted. Say so. yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> she grew up at La Roulotte there. <laughs> she, she grew up in St. Agathe. So, oh, you know, right. Yeah, and full raised a full French Canadian, so that's not a surprise. Uh, PJ, um, what what's Christmas like in the house now? Is it a is it a do you do the um, do you do uh, you know like we a, do everything you do? Yeah, we're we're a big Christmas. We've kind of slowed down on the other festivities throughout the year. Um, I make an excuse to celebrate St. Patrick's a couple times a year. Um, but besides that, uh, Easter's not kind of what it used to be growing. You know, my mom and dad were amazing growing up. We had bunny rabbits all over the house and stuff, this and stuff that, uh, Halloween obviously was a big one growing up. And, and we, while our kids were young, we tried to do all that stuff, but there's nothing compared to Christmas in our house. My wife loves cooking and she puts a, you know, I grew up, my mom did an amazing job cooking, but my wife has taken it to a whole new level and, uh, just we 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 love having again. I have four kids. Uh, my brother, when uh, he was with us, has three kids, and my sister has two kids. And you know, and like, we get our cousins involved, and it's it's a big, big, big party. And that's all that it is. It's like everyone kind of uh, gets together. We make too much. It's fun. It's so funny. Like we, I don't know. We just all eat too much, drink too much, and then complain about it all the next day. <laughs> I think that's what Christmas is. Yeah. Is it, a, is it a like turkey, cranberry, traditional sit down? Everything. Like, it's funny because I've tried to eliminate this for the last so many years, but 
we, everyone feels like they have to bring something. So they always want to bring appetizers. And the problem is we get stuffed on appetizers and then we have a 40 course meal coming up of just, <laughs> I, I give my wife heck because she's, she's loves adding butter into everything, like just butter into the, like, like and I'm like, hon, I can't eat anymore. And right? I'm going to blow up. But there's like, if you pick there's, we have, I mean, there's homemade cranberry sauce and there's, I don't know, 10 kinds of vegetables. There's potatoes this way, potatoes that way, potatoes this way. There's butter just falling out of it. There's kinds of breads, there's cranberries, there's peas, there's carrots. Um, it's, it's just gravy boats and trains going here and, and wine just spilt everywhere, but no one cares because they can't move because their pants are undone because they're burping and sitting at the table and all trying to wear something nice to make yourself look sophisticated as you're sitting around the table burping with, with like gravy and wine spilt everywhere. Like this is a great night. So is it extended family as well, PJ, or just your immediate family? Uh, we do, Chris, well, again, we do, we know it's funny. Why don't we do turkey dinners more throughout the year? It's the best meal all yeah, the time. I agree. And I don't know why we started adding them in just like, hey, let's get a small turkey. Yeah. I don't know why we save it just for that night. It's a great, um, but we do everyone. And anyone and everyone we invite. Uh, Christmas is is mo- is my family, so it's me and my my. My parents, my kids, uh, my sister, her kids. And we try and get my brother's kids up uh, for Christmas. And then New Year's is a kind of like it's always been attached in our family. Christmas and New Year's. New Year's is just another reason to eat too much, drink and sit around and undo your pants because you're, you're just mad at yourself for eating too much. But that's cousins and everybody else. You, PJ, you look like you could you could play tonight. You, you're, you look like you're still in playing shape. Are you are you? Are you one of those pain in the asses that can stuff your face and not gain a pound, or are you really rigorous? No, I uh, I've learned from Instagram that right lighting and angles and clothes <laughs> and how to put your face is kind of the whole thing. I've and actually filters filters dynamic yeah. beard right now. My beard is actually yeah. pointed forward, so it makes my <laughs> yeah. I haven't I, learned that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I'm not as much of a, of a, of a, I love eating. I can eat a ton, but I, I'm more into like sitting down and I like taking it all in. I like watching the kids and uh, I don't eat. I'm like, I eat all day, all night. Like all you need that night is just, like I said, I'm so excited. And then you get there and then you get to that phase where you're like, why did I do this? (laughs) Why? The remorse. I feel disgusting. You have nice wine and you're burping. And then it's just, you walk by and someone takes out the cookies and you're like, oh, (laughs) why not? Yeah, our our favorite excuse is, well, it's Christmas. (laughs) It's Christmas. Is your your job on uh, the uh, La Televisión going to affect uh, your time with the family this year? I always shotgun Christmas off. I said, I'll do any night, any time. Um, I prioritize my family for, for all that. But Christmas is ever since I was uh, uh, always, it's always been prioritized, you know, and, and they don't, we don't have games on Christmas. Uh, there might be something on New Year's. I don't ever do it, but the World Juniors going on, goes on around that time. And that's another thing. We talked about us being away uh, for Christmas, you know, that tournament is, that's what we've been watching for Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. 
years. And they're the kids. They're the kids that still kind of enjoy all that stuff, right? So that's, and I understand, as you get a little older, you understand it. It's a business. And again, it's it's kind of a religious holiday anyways. But uh, don't say that in our house because it's like Christmas is Christmas and, and it's uh, an amazing time. And I I prioritize the, that for our family. Broadcaster, father, and all-around great guy and funny guy too. Very entertaining to talk to. Our thanks and a merry, merry Christmas to PJ Stock and his family. We've got another guest coming up. By the way, Ted, you haven't said anything about my festive lights that I've got. <laughs> those are those are lovely. It looks like you spent a lot of time on that. Yes, I was up all night organizing those. <laughs> it looks like something that a sailor would have thrown when the when the boat comes to the pier. Something that a sailor throws a rope and just hopes it catches on something. Well, I was looking. I, I couldn't find my goofy Christmas hat that my wife okay. uh, my wife Jess hates so much. Um, it's the one that has the, uh, the tail that, uh, and the hat sings. Uh, mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah. I wonder what happened to it. She yeah. Well, very much. <laughs> and she probably lost it somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I thought I would put some uh, Christmas lights up, but, um, unfortunately, uh, daylight is having its way with the, uh, the Christmas lights. So you can't really see them. Oh, you know uh, what? Better that than nothing at all. I'd say I've got nothing at all. And now I feel bad. Oh, don't feel bad, Ted. Um, We're going to talk more about uh, Christmas uh, individually as the uh, podcast moves forward here, but it's time for another guest. Um, Our next guest is uh, Maureen Holloway. Maureen Holloway was a a dancing partner of mine on the radio when uh, I was, uh, I think I was at the mix. Did she ever work with, with us together, Ted? Not on a regular basis. I think that we engaged with her uh, randomly a a few times, but she was never a regular part of the show when I was on with you, no. Um, But I've known Mo for many years, and I love her. Yeah, she's an absolute uh, delight. Uh, She's just a a wonderful mom, a wonderful uh, friend. And um, I worked with her. She was on the air with me three times a morning when I was in Calgary. And when I came back to Montreal, she joined the program. And then... Um, oddly enough, the corporations got involved and uh, made sure that she couldn't talk to me because I worked for one of the evil empires and she worked for the other. Anyway, um, we're uh, talking about Christmas today, and I thought Maureen Holloway, who's the uh, mom of uh, two wonderful uh, boys um, who are grown men now, men, yeah, yeah, um, is um, is our next guest. Uh, we got together with uh, Mo on Zoom, of course, and uh, talked about. A, a number of things, including her recent departure, um, he said with his eyes rolling, uh, from a very popular morning radio show in Toronto uh, and uh, got to talking about Christmas and how they were going to celebrate. Is this going to be like a Christmas carol where Peter Mansbridge plays the ghost of Christmas past <laughs> and Jan Arden is the ghost of Christmas present? <laughs> and I'm, I'm, uh the little You're boy death. yes you are <laughs> god bless us everyone and that is, that is uh, my father the bookkeeper i don't know i'm working I, on it <laughs> I, just, I just i thought it was you know i thought it, people would be interested in you know with everybody has christmas traditions and mm-hmm. i think you know we three were very lucky we you know we we grew up in families that you know, to make Christmas a big deal. And I know not everybody did, 
but I always think it's fascinating, you know, to, I don't know about you, but you know, around Christmas time, I, 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 I drive by houses, you know, like, you know, on the 23rd or 24th, I'd be driving by houses and, and, and look in windows and think, geez, I wonder what their traditions are. I wonder what they're up to. You know, I wonder, you know, and you're still, and, in, the, you're still in the car when you're looking in the window, right? You're not yeah. like looking up to the house and looking in. <laughs> Is that Terry DeMonte? <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> I could have swore I saw Terry DeMonte looking at her. <laughs> you know, I guess um, he's not handling retirement well. <laughs> Worse than we thought. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you a funny, I think funny, like the weirdest Christmas that we, we ever had. And by we, I mean what we call the little family, me and John and the two boys, yeah. as opposed to the extended family. And I think it was about 20 years ago. <clears throat> and there was... um a famous interior designer who had a television show and she or her people asked me if they could come and see how we celebrate in my house. And so we said, Oh, okay. I'm kind of flattered by that. Uh, except they shot it in October. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, you know, I don't, we're not decorated yet. They said, Oh, no, don't worry. We'll, we'll do that. <laughs> we'll decorate your house for you. And, um, and we'll bring over, you know, presents for your kids. And I thought, okay, what could possibly go wrong? So uh, they sent in a couple of stylists and they put up like a 10 foot tree and decorated it. And they had, you know, these, these gifts that they bought at the dollar store and wrapped them all up, like lots of them. So that it looked very bountiful. And the kids, I guess Aiden would have been, uh, I guess he would have been eight and Ronan would have been two and they had christmas pajamas on you know really cute and so they shot them getting up in their beds and coming down the stairs to see what santa had left them and of course the kids are completely confused because yeah. it's not even <laughs> halloween yet right <laughs> but we're like play along it's fake christmas it's fake christmas you know we're just we're just practicing so uh they, we did all this and they opened up their horrible presents because they were all just like crap right um and they were but they were nice about it and we sat down for christmas breakfast which we had prepared again it's like october 20th <clears throat> and they shot the whole thing so then we decided to watch it on christmas and it, i think it aired a couple of days before christmas and there were three segments in the show and we were the first one and in one of them they're interviewing me and in one part of it and i was saying i just my kids are so materialistic i wish that we had more you know, religious uh, uh, traditions, but we don't. And so here they are with all their presents. The next segment that they showed was this, this single mother who had, I think emigrated from Serbia or something with her children living in a one room apartment and they had no money. But the, the joy of Christmas is that they're all together and they have each other. And we just want, it made us look like the most crass materialistic horrible people ever and to this day we look back on that as the year that mom ruined christmas <laughs> they're from the dollar store all the gifts are from the dollar store <laughs> oh boy. i don't know if i have i don't know if i have a moral of that for yeah that. no I, but I, I know I know what you mean. It's kind of like what I was uh, uh, alluding to is that 
not everybody has the kind no. of Christmases we've had. No. Yeah. And, and I, I wish and I, they had brought the dollar store presents to that mother. Yes. Who had nothing. Yes. Yeah, I understand. Um, you ever so, work any Christmases, Mo? I have never, you know, I'm lucky in all my years in radio, I've never had to work Christmas or um, evenings or weekends. No, that's not true. I did do, I did do weekends, but never Christmas. You? Yeah, I worked a few Christmases early in my career. I mean, I was in Toronto. My family was all back in New Brunswick and I was just, you know, I was junior man on the totem pole. I didn't have a problem with it. That was fine. Yeah, I same thing. I, I remember when I first began uh, to work in Winnipeg, you know, my second job in radio and the boss said to me, you can have one, you get either New Year's or Christmas off. And of course I couldn't afford to fly home. So I, I you know, I, I figured, well, I'll, I'll take New Year's off so I can hang with the people from the station and the new friends I'm, I've met. And then my family would send me a box of stuff and pictures and everything that would, uh-huh. would usually arrive, <clears throat> excuse me, on, you know, around December 20th or 21st. And I would sit in the living room of the apartment in Winnipeg by myself and open the box and sit there and cry. <laughs> oh. So it was oh. because as you point out, I mean, Christmas without the family, ça marche pas, eh? oh, ça marche pas. it's not the same. And we should, well, how old are the boys now? You've got two boys. We should tell people who don't know that. Mo, you got two All right. so lovely Aiden, young men. Aiden is 28. And he uh, and that's it's interesting because he and his fiance, they were supposed to get married two years ago. But this thing came up (laughs) that kind of put a kibosh on a lot of people's plans. So they're getting married next summer. So we're in that sort of transitional phase. And Ted, you might be going through this uh, with with your boys um, where they have to decide now who they're spending Christmas with. I mean, you can't dance at all weddings. And yeah. we've been spoiled that we've had both boys. Oh, I have another son, uh, Ronan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ro. <laughs> Sorry, Ro. <laughs> who's, 20, who's 23 today, as a matter of fact. Uh, and he has a girlfriend. Um, so they've got to figure out how to do. Like, we've always had them for Christmas Eve and Christmas night. But you got to share the wealth now. And my experience, and forgive me if I'm being, you know, sexist about this, but the girl usually wins. The woman usually wins. And so as the mother of sons, I'm prepared for the fact that we may not have both of them every Christmas moving forward. Well, if they're smart, they'll do what they're told. (laughs) So So, the materialism isn't as important. I've had both kids say to me, you know what? We don't need anything, which is wonderful, isn't it? That's where that's where we've come to in our family too. We, we just, uh, we want to be there and we want to be around the table and, and, uh, you know, they, there's some tiny kids with my, my, uh, my sister has grandchildren now, so, you know, they get the presents, but you know, we just, we just want to be there and, and we, you know, we're lucky enough to have food and wine on the table and everybody around it. That's what's important. Yeah. So what, what's your tradition, Mo? Like, is, is it, uh, uh, the kid, you know, when the kids were small, was it like up at 5 a.m. and turkey <laughs> yeah. in the oven? And it like, yeah. what, what, happens? We don't have, what happens? Okay, Christmas Eve, we try to spend it the four of us, but like I said, that's changing. We watch yeah. a movie, and the choices are It's a Wonderful Life, uh, which is my favorite. <laughs> there are no others. <laughs> White Christmas. Um, for some reason, uh, what's that wonderful movie with Bing Crosby 
and uh, uh, he, he doesn't sing White Christmas in it. Um, Philadelphia. Yes, it's a Philadelphia story, but the musical version of it. High Society. High Society, go. which has nothing to do with Christmas. Um, and uh, Serpico. For <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We watched a movie. We have seafood. That's Christmas Eve. And, uh, you know, hang the stockings up. We still do stockings. And then Christmas morning, we get up early. John and the boys make vinochka, which is a Czech bread that his grandmother used to make. And oh, she's wow. long gone. Boys now make it. So we have nice. that for breakfast. And then uh, and then we open presents. And then, uh, you know, we go for a walk. And then we either host Christmas dinner or we go to my sister's-in-law. But this is all changing, right? right. And but it, it, was it was it uh, standard Canadian turkey mashed potatoes? No, no, no. We have turkey at Thanksgiving. We oh. we hardly ever have turkey at, at uh, Christmas. We oh, usually wow. have like yeah. prime rib or oh nice here we have on Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, you guys do turkey. Uh, we yeah, it's a tradition in our house. I'm curious about the uh, chaklakpa. Uh, the what is it called? The, uh, Vinochka. <laughs> what is that? Is that like a bread it's uh, it, it's like a braided it, oh okay. you know you make it go and you braid it and you put sesame seeds and raisins and oh, okay so and it breaks okay. it's like an, it's an eastern european john loves it i can't stand yeah. it it's dry <laughs> as hell oh great Fanachka. so you've got an eastern european husband and two sons with irish names well john's half his father was from prague and his mother was 12th generation canadian you know it was an english accent yeah, yeah, right. um and my dad was irish and my mother was from uh from big Como. so so yeah we've got a few traditions there what uh so what happens uh because we're we're talking in november what what what's on the agenda this year well now that things have changed in the house you're not working. The boys are on the verge of marriage. Like what? Well, what? the uh, the presents are going to be a lot more modest. I can tell yeah. you that. <laughs> the not working part somehow affects yeah, that's, that. Everybody says to me, "What do you miss the most?" I said, "Well, I I uh, I you know I miss uh, telling stories and and uh, uh, and uh, and I miss the money." <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. That's exactly how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Take I it from me. You get used stories. to it. <laughs> Always laughs when Maureen Holloway joins us uh, either for dinner or, uh, in this case, on a podcast head. An absolute delight she is. She's a lovely gal. Yeah. Uh, Maureen Holloway, uh, to you and John and the boys, a very, very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, Ted. Thank you, Terry. You too. <laughs> have you got big plans? By the way, do I have big yeah. plans. Yeah. No, I'll do. I'll just. I'll just spend time with uh, the kids, and I'm actually yeah. uh, going to sp have a Christmas Eve dinner with my children uh, at my ex-wife's house. So that should be interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, it'll be. It'll be fine. It's that's for the kids. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and 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 also, I I would uh, without uh, spilling personal beans. Uh, there is a, a lovely level of detente. Well, there needs to be. Yes. And again, for the children, there has yeah. to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, and for my own peace of mind as well. Of course, yes. You can't walk around being pissed off for the rest of your life. No, and Christmas time is a time for families to get That's together. That's right, yeah. Be it's nice. time for love. It's a time for love and fucking forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, the that'll come out. Can. That'll come out in post. The kids, the kids are listening to. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, by the way, you haven't said anything about my Christmas frock. Yeah, is that a frock, Friar Tuck? Yeah, it's a yeah, it, yeah it's it's a red hoodie. It's the best I could do. Yeah, well, I got a black T-shirt on, <laughs> like I'm in mourning or something. Um, don't be scared of our next guest. Uh, he is a a lovely man. Um, and uh, he is not bringing uh, uh, well, he he actually he is going to bring a a tone of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Gravitas, gra- gra- gravitas, uh, to the podcast. Um, I, um, I have always been a fan of, as uh, millions of Canadians are, of uh, Peter Mansbridge. Peter Mansbridge is, uh, well, he's, he's a national treasure. He, he, he was, to a generation of Canadians, um, the Walter Cronkite of, uh, of uh, the nightly news. Every night for uh, many, many, many years, he was in the chair hosting the national Fascinating guy that I had a, a wonderful uh, chat with um, about all kinds of things that uh, will appear in another podcast in the new year. Uh, we had a conversation about his travels around the planet, the stories that he's covered. Um, and then I was curious about what he did at Christmas because uh, he was a very busy man who could be called, you know, could be sitting at a table in Toronto one minute and on an airplane to the fall of the Berlin Wall the next. And uh, I wondered what kind of uh, Christmas traditions uh, would be found in the Mansbridge household. And Peter was good enough to sit down with me and talk about uh, Christmas and playing Santa Claus. I wondered um, if you'd share a couple of stories about uh, tradition in your house, what you did at Christmas. I mean, I, I know you got to a point in your career where I'm sure you could have said, you know, uh, I will be off starting this date and I will come back this date. So I'm guessing it was uh, was an important time uh, to spend the holidays with family. And I was wondering what kind of traditions you had at Christmas. Um, well, you're right. I did get to that, uh, that position a long time ago where I didn't work Christmas Day. Um, but I did, you know, there were a couple of years that I, you know, I got a rented a Santa suit and went, went into the newsroom and tossed little gifts around. Um, but that was a tradition I didn't keep going. <laughs> uh, because I started, when I realized that I didn't have to put a pillow in the suit, I thought, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> um one thing I started, I guess about 10 years ago, I, I don't do it any longer, but it, I did it as kind of a lark one year. I did a, I think all last minute Christmas shopping on Twitter and it, it really took off. I mean, I, I would go to like crazy places like the Canadian tire or home hardware. And I'd look for the most outrageous <laughs> things that you could, you know, buy your spouse or your kids or someone. And, uh, and I, I do like 20 or 30 posts on the afternoon of Christmas Eve, which was always a great time to shop because there's nobody around. Uh, that was the one thing. There were no crowds. The bad thing was <laughs> you had no choice. You had to get something. <laughs> um, and that actually developed into quite a audience grabber and people were pissed when I stopped doing it a couple of years ago. <laughs> I still get stuff. I still get um 
notes or tweets from people saying you better do it this year, <laughs> uh, but I won't be. Okay. Uh, no, listen, it's become, you know, it's very much, a, a, you know, a family time uh, for, uh, for us as well. And, uh, and to, uh, and to remind yourself of, uh, you know, the, the good things in life and the, the fortunate things in life and to recognize that you're also in the position to be able to do something to make others' lives happier. Was it big when you were a kid Christmas in the house? Um, there was a degree of excitement to it, but my, you know, I, my parents, especially my father, uh, taught us not to expect you know, not, not to go overboard in expectation about what was going to happen on Christmas morning. Um, and so I've, you know, I've long ago tried to make the rule in this house that I don't, that I need nothing. I need nothing more. I have like enough stuff. And, um, you know, when you're, uh, when you're my age, um, uh, you, you spend more time moving stuff out of the house and bringing new stuff yeah. in. Yeah. Is there a traditional meal? Well, Turkey. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I love Turkey yeah. and, uh, and, and count on it. And we, you know, we, we try to have family, uh, you know, outside of the immediate family and friends, um, over for Christmas dinner. So that's all good. I don't know about you, Ted, but uh, whenever I hear Peter Mansbridge's voice, I, I think of, of certain events in history. I, I remember, you know, him covering the Berlin Wall. I remember him, you know, uh, covering, you know, all the elections, the Canada days. There's there's just something that's uh, um, consistent with, uh, you know, the, the sound of his voice and, and memories for a lot of Canadians, I think. I just want to know when the bidding war starts for our podcast. <laughs> So that I can get my condo in the city and my country home in Scotland. <laughs> I'll uh, keep you posted so Would far. You? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I keep my phone close by, but so okay, far it good. Hasn't, yeah. hasn't yeah. rang yet. So my, thank <laughs> my thanks to Peter Mansbridge uh, for sitting down and spending time with us and talking a little bit about Christmas traditions in his house. You're listening to Standing By, the Terry and Ted Christmas podcast, a holiday season tradition since earlier today. Sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval, Matt LeBunner, and Merson Automotive. As we brace ourselves for another long, cold winter, our friends at Jaguar Land Rover Laval have some good news for ski lovers. In partnership with Les Sommets, Jaguar Land Rover Laval has sponsored a new heated terrace opening this year at Sommet Saint-Sauveur. Located in the new building near the Summit Express Lift, the 27 by 45 foot terrace will be heated, fitted with an outdoor natural gas fireplace, and will offer takeout access to the new cafe, including Nino and Renato DiCabellis' favorite espresso, no doubt. The Jaguar Land Rover Laval Terrasse is part of an exclusive three-year investment made by the dealership to partner with the Les Sommets Ski Chain. It's reflective of Nino and Renato's ongoing commitment to the community that their dealership serves. It's tough to throw a rock and not hit a Land Rover in the Laurentians, but Jaguar Land Rover Laval is opening the fun to everyone this year. They'll be showcasing their vehicles on the hill and featuring interactive activities for skiers to win prizes including a weekend with your own Jaguar or Land Rover. An official launch date is imminent for the 2021-22 ski season. Watch for Jaguar Land Rover Laval on the Les Sommets Ski Hills this winter 
and you'll probably catch me on the new terrace nursing my hot chocolate. A holiday tradition as cherished as Uncle Billy falling down the stairs and taking out the fully decorated tree. It's the Standing By Terry and Ted Christmas Podcast, sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval, Matt Labonard, and Merson Automotive. I was just about to say we're back, but we didn't go anywhere. We didn't, no, we've no, been here the whole time. We're still here, and yeah. um, I'm uh, Terry DeMonte, and, and that's Ted Bird there, and uh, this is our... Did we call it an inaugural podcast? I believe I believe we did. Why is there a little hand on my? Uh, you see, you see on my screen there. Do you see a little hand? I don't. Okay, I just uh, only I see that. Oh, it's because it's my it's my mouse. There you go. Silly I thought mouse. maybe it was uh was was your mouse. Um, it, um, we're recording this uh before Christmas, of course, and I was just wondering if your shopping is done, Ted. Uh, I have just received Allison Bird's list of Christmas demands. Oh, I see. So, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was her mom who said that. Oh, Allie, okay. has, Allie has issued her Christmas demands. <laughs> so uh, the boys are pretty good. You know, they're like, you know, they have they have a wish list. Allie has demands. Right. So I'll um, start on that this weekend, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> We should explain that um, she is your uh, teenage daughter. My youngest, yeah. She's my 13-year-old daughter. And yeah. she's very she's very 13. Very 13. Yeah. Okay. I think people who have kids will probably know what that, even if you don't have kids, I think you know what that means these days. Yeah. Um, over the years, uh, we've been, uh, we've done many, many Christmas specials. And there was uh, a time, I think, we did have your mom on an, a, a semi-regular basis on the program. Um, uh, but then we fell off of that. I, 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 I'm not sure why. So when you said your mom had agreed to be on the Christmas podcast, I was absolutely thrilled. Was it difficult to convince her to come back with us, Ted? No, it wasn't that difficult, but, but I gave her like a four day, uh, I gave her four days notice and, uh, her immediate response was that doesn't give me enough time to get my hair done. Well, sorry, mom, if you can't get your hair done in four days, uh, there, there's, um, that's, that's going to be your problem. Not mine. Anyway, I think, I think she was half kidding and she was, she was happy to come on. And she, she's one of those, she's one of those people who always kind of fusses a little bit about oh i don't know if i want to do this or can i do this or i'm so nervous about this and then she comes on and hits it out of the park as she did when we spoke to her a couple of weeks ago this is um uh i think ted if i'm not mistaken uh the first time we've had both our moms on the christmas show of course you and i haven't done the christmas show for oh i don't know 20 something years yeah something like that yeah. yeah And yeah. I, I don't recall, did we did we have your mom on the Christmas show in the past? I don't believe so, although she's been on my show on Light 106.7 because she's our uh, resident Montreal Canadiens insider because she is close personal friends with Jake Allen's grandfather. Jake Allen grew up in Fredericton, and mom has known his grandfather, Murph, since kindergarten. Wow. So she comes on our show sometimes as the Montreal Canadiens insider. And we should uh, uh, we should clear up the fact that uh, uh, you've given me the uh, the green light to call you Shirley, correct, Shirley? Oh, absolutely. Okay, um, don't want me calling you Mrs. Bird. Um, well, you used to call me Mrs. B. Remember? I do. I do remember that. Shirley is um, good. Shirley's Shirley good. is good. Okay. Um, by the way, let's start there. Um, have you been watching the Canadians games and? Um, we may as well get your impressions. It hasn't been a great start to the year. 
No, it hasn't. But last night was exciting. I was so happy that they won. And then Susan came over just in the last minute because we were going to talk about Christmas traditions and what we remembered. So I couldn't join in all the celebrations and all the interviews and all the analysis and stuff. So that was kind of disappointing, but I was so happy they won. So you and Susan were talking about Christmas. Tell us who Susan is. Uh, Ted's sister, my daughter. And last night you were reminiscing or just trying to remember some of the things that happened in the past? Well, both. Because uh, I was trying to think of what traditions that we did when the children were little. And Susan remembered a few things that I didn't remember. And I remembered a few things that she didn't remember. Such as? Such as, Mom? Pardon? Such as? Such as, I didn't think about the Santa Claus parade. And Susan said it was always a tradition to go to the Santa Claus parade. It was always a tradition to listen to the Christmas cartoons like Rudolph and Charlie Brown and uh, Grinch. Grinch. And then she remembered about going for the Christmas tree to the Christmas tree lot. And then we kind of reminisced about your father being on his stomach on the floor, getting the, <laughs> the tree to stand up straight. And, the and going, Jesus old, Jesus old, Jesus old, Jesus. <laughs> and that was always something. And then Susan remembered the year we had the tree tied to the wall. Do you remember that? I don't remember, no, I don't remember any of this, to be honest with you. I remember <laughs> dad going, Jesus old, Jesus old, but... <laughs> So that was sort of preliminary Christmas. And then we tried to progress from uh, that to Christmas Eve, to Christmas Day, to Nanny's Christmas party and that sort of thing. I you know what I remember is uh, I specifically remember one year and there are still pictures. I was probably about six or seven years old and uh, I was big into army stuff. And so you guys got me a plastic green army helmet and uh, a plastic machine gun and a plastic belt with a pistol. And I put all that stuff, <laughs> I put all that stuff on <laughs> over my dress pants and Argyle sweater before we went to the grandparents for dinner. <laughs> and we took lots of pictures of that. Oh, cripes. <laughs> yeah, those pictures are around somewhere, Tara. I might even have them somewhere. I don't know, Jesus, it's funny. <laughs> and we, that would never be acceptable today. Well, no, uh, probably not. Sergeant fashionable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've got a question for you. I I didn't recognize that last cartoon, The Bridge. What was that? No, The Grinch, she oh, said. The Grinch. <laughs> Mom's the deaf one here, Tara. Stop stealing her bit. <laughs> <laughs> what? The Bridge? What? <laughs> Grinch. <laughs> And what what was a what was a Christmas dinner? Now was that was is Christmas dinner was it on Christmas Day and and was it was it a traditional meal every year? It was, and for about the first dozen years of our marriage, the Christmas dinner was at the grandparents, and everybody was there, all the cousins, the great grandmother. That was like your traditional Christmas dinner with turkey and all the 
trimmings and a big family gathering. My grandmother and grandfather, my dad's parents, uh, were very family oriented and and made weren't they, Mom? And made a conscious effort of always gathering the entire family for special occasions. Exactly. We're, we're, and often on Christmas morning, they came over to watch you open your gifts. Do you remember that? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah. You know what else I remember? And I'll come clean here. Richard and I usually knew what we were going to get because we used to go through the closets and find all our presents. <laughs> I found that out in recent years and I am not happy. No, that, I mean, I don't understand that. That That's the thing in some families uh, the peekers, um, you know, the the the, the, the kids that go peeking and then but you spoil it. You spoil. Well, the yeah, the, well, it's instant gratification. And that's my brother, <laughs> Richard and I. We were like that. Not until we were a little bit older. Like, I think I was a teenager by the time or, or maybe 12 by the time we started to do that. Um, prior to that, I can remember coming out on Christmas morning and finding stuff under the tree and being very delighted at, at, at what I found. I can also remember, and I don't know if you were the same, Dare, I can remember on Christmas Eve not being able to sleep because I oh, was so excited. Absolutely. So excited. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we were told in our house, and I think this may still be true, that if you were awake when Santa came, he would fly by the house. So you you better get your, your ass to sleep. Do you remember us... Other than the uh, the Sergeant Rock outfit, do you remember a, 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 a particular present, Ted, that made your eyes pop out of your head? I do. That Hot Wheels track that, that went down and then had a loop. Yeah. I got that one year. I was about 10 years old. I thought I was going to have kittens. I was so excited. <laughs> and I can also remember mom and dad would say Santa Claus has got $25 to spend on you. So figure out what you want that comes in under $25. And $25 in the late mid to late 1960s was a pretty good chunk of change. Buy you a lot of toys back then. Wouldn't get you anything now, but back then it would buy yeah. you some, uh, it, you could get some pretty good, uh, you could get some pretty good bang for your buck out of the toy section of the Simpson Sears catalog for $25. And in the Maritime, Shirley, is that, did you have to do things from the catalog or could you shop locally? I've lost you guys. Ah, uh, geez. It says, can't update Chrome. Chrome couldn't update to the latest version, so you're missing out on new features. No, no. Brian, no, no. Can you still hear us, Mom? Yep. Okay, well, as long as you can hear us, that's the main thing. Yep. Okay, what were you saying, uh, Terry? I was asking you, Shirley, if, if, you, uh, if things back in the day... Did they uh, have to come from the catalog or were you able to shop locally? Uh, I think early on, it was a lot of catalog shopping. Probably with young children, you didn't get out to shop so much. But then later on, it was you'd go to the stores, that sort of thing. Can you remember any family disasters? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I, when I when I say family, that's the diplomatic answer. <laughs> when I say family disasters, I'm thinking, you know, uh, spilling the, you know, the gravy, setting the tablecloth on fire, that kind of thing. I'm I'm not looking for the year Uncle John and Auntie Flo <laughs> <laughs> throw drinks at each other or anything like that. I, I no, you know, I, I don't. I think it all went very well. Probably, probably because we were eating at the grandparents. So. Oh, there you go. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. So Harry, I didn't would... have to uh, worry about the big Christmas dinner until oh, okay. later years. Yeah. Harry, what's the story that you tell about Uncle Harry falling down the stairs? Was that, or did you just make that up? Because no, it made it was, me laugh every time. Yeah, it was Uncle Billy. Uncle Billy was at, uh, <laughs> Uncle Billy was uh, one of the, the family's notorious drinkers, and everybody in the family and around the family knows about uh, Uncle Billy. He, he, uh, uh, he loved to he loved to have a drink or twenty, and uh, and by the time um, one Christmas party there was a, a party uh, at the house, and we lived in a house that that didn't have a finished basement. the 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 basement was was cut out, and we put carpet down there. And you know, until my parents were able to afford to finish it years later, in the early days, the Christmas tree went down there. And um, when we had a party, that's where a lot of people could could go. And we as kids weren't allowed at the party. But we my me and my buddy uh, hid under the stairs so that we could listen to the adults having fun and drinking and dancing and having a good time. And we heard, you know, Uncle Billy at the top of the stairs say something like, and then we heard, and Uncle Billy came down the stairs at about 33 miles an hour and used the Christmas tree to stop himself and then grabbed the Christmas tree and hauled it down. Harry, you tell that story and he'd finish it by saying, didn't spill a drop of his drink. Oh, probably. No doubt. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a famous story, and that that's what I mean about you know family disasters. Our good Flair, our good uh, buddy uh, Blair Bartram uh, talks about the his mother making the plum pudding and being a little tipsy as she brought it to the table and poured the flaming whiskey on the tablecloth, and you know they, they those kinds of things are are things that you know baking disasters. I mean every every family has a story of of that nature. That's what that's what I meant, of course. Also, you know, it can be a it can be a tense time when the family gets together. So there's those kinds of stories, but that's not what I meant. I, I don't think we had any of those. No, I think we got out of there relatively unscathed in that I department. Think so. Yeah. So uh, tell me, Shirley, what what does Christmas entail now that uh, you know the, in this day and age, families are all hither and yon and and far flung, and what what do you do now for the holiday? Well, I'm in a situation now. I don't know if um, Ted has told you. I live in a granny suite on the original home. Susan and her family live in the main part. So lucky me. I just go over there and have my Christmas dinner. That's fantastic. I think so. Yeah, that's just fantastic. Yeah, and and, and, uh, of course, not now in COVID times, but it was always a um, Christmas time was always a wonderful time to be out for lunch and dinner and so on with friends. So uh, now I don't cook Christmas dinner anymore. Do you miss it? No, no. <laughs> a lot of work, eh? It's a lot of work. And I had my turn doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I uh, wanted to know if there was uh, there uh, anything else that I'm I'm missing before we let everybody go. Well, I've come clean on uh, on searching out the presents. That was my main uh, that was my main objective. I've, I sort of did a ninth step there. <laughs> I've made my amends. <laughs> Sorry about that, Mom. 
surprised, I'm surprised you didn't know because in retrospect, you know or knew so much of what I thought you didn't know like when I was moms. growing up. Yeah, like all moms and just and just let it go, which I've learned to do as a parent as well. You know, you kind of pick your battles. Well, no, I didn't have a clue. And I said to Susan last night, how did they feign surprise <laughs> when they opened their presents? And she said, oh, I think they were just so glad to get their hands on them. <laughs> I didn't have a clue. Not a clue. Did yeah, you but what I'm saying, though, is you had you had a clue about a lot of other stuff, more yeah. serious stuff than looking and snooping around for Christmas presents, and yeah. you let it go, and... Uh, I, I, I see that in retrospect and I, and I understand it now as a parent myself. Did you, uh, Ted, did you and, uh, Richard peak together or did you do your own? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a, oh, yeah, yeah, it was an absolute. Yeah. We were like, oh, it, it, it was like, Oh, get a load of this. Look yeah. what I'm going to get. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that terrible? That's awful. <laughs> do you remember what some of the presents were? I don't know. Oh. No, I just, uh, I just remember, you know, I would, I must've been at least 12 because it would have Richard and I would have been home by ourselves. We would have been allowed to be home alone. So I, I was probably at least 12 and that would have made Richard six. So uh, yeah, we were, uh, we were snooping away. Susan was never part of it. We didn't let her in on that party. We, we figured she probably wouldn't approve. Well, she said she didn't want to know. She always loved the surprise. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the joy of the part of the joy of Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought anyway. All right. Well, I guess that's all we need for now, eh, Ted? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think we got some nice Christmas uh, reminiscences. We did. Yeah, and uh, and we heard about the the Christmas movie, The Bear. <laughs> no, <laughs> the bridge. The bridge. <laughs> Shirley, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for doing this. And and please tell Susan thanks for being our technical advisor today. Okay. Well, I've, it's been a pleasure. And thank you. And Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you. Gosh, it was just great to see your mom again, Ted. It was uh, just terrific. Her hair looked great, I thought, by the way. I thought so, too. Yeah. Uh, yep. She's and, doing well. 88 uh, years young. Yeah. And, and sharp as a tack. Oh, yeah. And uh, memory intact, obviously. Um, and, uh, just, uh, just an absolute doll. What a delight. How often do you get to see her now that she's back in New Brunswick? Not as often as I would like. Uh, I went down the last time I was down in New Brunswick was two years ago and that yeah. was for a funeral, unfortunately, although it was bittersweet because, uh, it was the first time in probably 40 years that all, or at least most of the cousins, the extended family got together and we had a wonderful time. It was just too bad that we were we were burying my aunt, who had lived a long, and and productive life. So it was it was a celebration of her life. It was not a tragic occasion. It was sad because someone in the family had passed, but it was a celebration of her life. That was the last time I was down, and um, uh, so I'm I'm due verging on overdue. All right. Um, it's, uh, we can't thank your mom enough. And I thought it would be a good time also to thank your sister. Uh, she was the technical advisor on uh, that. She particular. was, yeah. Yeah. My sister's actually a teacher. She's a speech pathologist. So she's had to do during COVID a lot of, uh, a lot of her, uh, uh therapy sessions on zoom. So she's, uh, she's pretty clued in on how zoom uh, works and she got mom all set up and away we went. 
Uh, a big thank you uh, to uh, Shirley Bird for joining the program. Time to uh, move to our uh, next guest. And I was uh, very excited when uh, Jan Arden agreed to be part of the Christmas podcast because uh, Jan is, um, I, I don't even know where to begin to describe her. She's warm. She's kind. She's funny. She's, she's very funny. The first she's time, and it might be the only time I ever met her, she came into the studio when we were still on Mix 96 back in the mid-90s. And she came in for an interview, and the first thing she said when she sat down was, "You know, there's a there's there's a, a sex shop across the street. You know, do you know what videotape they've got in the window? No, Jan, what? Yank my doodle, it's a dandy." <laughs> <laughs> she thought that was so funny, and yeah. so did she. And we we were in that neighborhood when we were working at Mix ninety six. Uh, the uh, the area between Atwater and Fort Street was uh, uh, sketchy, as the kids would say. To say the least. Yeah. <laughs> Jan got a big kick out of it. She, we, her, and I have a great history. We we've known each other for a very very long time. She's always been very kind. When she was first starting out, she was in Montreal, performing for I think a few hundred people. Um, she uh, she asked me to uh, dinner. And at the last minute, I bailed on her, and she's never let me forget forget that that was like thirty plus years ago. <laughs> I don't know what was what was going on, but I couldn't make dinner, and she's never let me forget it. Anyway, she just she couldn't have been. As uh, soon as I asked her, she said, "Oh, I'd love to talk to you." And I spoke to her from her home, which is just outside of Calgary. We had a long, wonderful conversation, and at one point, I steered the conversation towards Christmas with Jan Arden. And uh, she, as Ted says, was her usual wonderful, warm, and funny self. The Christmas podcast, every year I used to do this Christmas show. I had you on a couple of times. I think I had you on the year you did your Christmas album, um, which, uh, which, by the way, if we're talking about Christmas, uh, that's something that should be in your collection at home, Jan Arden's Christmas. Um, you, uh, you chose a lot of your favorite Christmas songs and I wanted to ask you to share some of your Christmas traditions. What was it like when you were a kid in the, uh, the Arden household? <laughs> um, it was always very magical. I mean, I can't remember a more exciting time than Christmas growing up and my parents, like most parents, you know, in the sixties and early seventies, they probably took a year to pay for Christmas. You know, they'd use their Simpson Sears credit card and fire, get it right up to like 200 bucks. But uh, there's always hockey sticks wrapped up and big smile. Oh, I wonder what that is. Oh, it's hockey stick, I bet. And just uh, the, you know, those magic carpets that were basically saran wrap with a handle that you, they'd send you down a hill on that. But for me, I think one of my fondest memories is, is just my dad being home for the day, smoking his pipe. Uh, he'd get up and put the turkey in the oven. He was always the turkey cooker. Oh. So that was always quite unusual. Mom did all the side dishes, but my dad dealt with the turkey. But we were we were always excited to open our stockings. And my mom sold Avon back in the day. So we always had Avon, crazy Avon stuff in our stockings and and a book of lifesavers. Oh, that those were the best. My sister and I still talk about that because I don't know about you, but we... Um, you know, after Santa filled the stockings, they went at the foot of the bed because we didn't have a fireplace. But we often when I was like, you know, I guess maybe 
seven, eight, nine years old, you could feel Santa place the stocking, filled stocking, uh -huh. gently at the end of the bed, and you didn't dare open your eyes because you knew if you open your eyes and you saw Santa, you were in trouble. And and in that stocking, one of our favorite things was the Lifesavers book. And now they're pathetic. Lifesavers. Yes, they are. You hear me? Get your shit together. You need a. In order to have a book, it needs to open. <laughs> and you need to like put a little care into the cardboard packaging and you need to have 10 flavors in there. Yes. You need to have wintergreen and the cherry and the, 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 you know, the, the variety, all sorts one, you got to have whatever the, there were so many great ones that we would trade the butterscotch and the winter. I was just, they, they suck now. That's all I'm going to say, but that was a very fond memory. And did you do the stockings before the, the presents? Did, did you yeah, get to the stockings? The stockings were hung up we did have a fireplace and we would open those first. And that was just always, always the favorite. And uh, my mom always looked tired <laughs> and, you know, she just, she had her apron on. And then my grandparents would come through the front door. They were the only people that ever used our front door. Why they even put a front door in our house is beyond me because really? no one ever used it. No. Nope. Huh? And um, They'd come in and they'd have all the gifts for us, like about three o'clock in the afternoon in a laundry basket. And then in the other laundry basket that my grandfather was carrying, there would be two pies at the bottom of the laundry basket. She always brought pies and they were just the best crust and the best. They just were, it was wonderful. And, and then we just would have dinner and we'd probably watch Scrooge or something every year you'd watch the same damn thing. And, yeah. and then by six o'clock, everyone was eating Turkey sandwiches in little buns stuffed with, you know, cranberry and dad would put fresh onion on them. So I think back to that and it doesn't even seem real to me. Uh, what I wouldn't do to peek my head around a corner as an adult now to look at that family and to look at that scene. You know, um, I, I, I know how you feel. I was saying to my wife last week, I was looking at an old picture and sometimes I look at an old picture and I close my eyes and I wish I could just walk into the picture for a minute and go back to that era and that time with those people. Yeah, it's hard getting older. It's hard. Yeah. Um, I don't mean getting older. It's a, it's a triumph. I I'm enjoying it. I don't mind the aches and pains and it's a privilege to be here, but you, the responsibility, you just have to broaden your shoulders and, and accept the weight of what your humanity is, I guess, and the weight of, of loss and, and somehow incorporated into your happy times. Um, I know my parents would want me to thrive and go forward and, 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 you know, there's lots of memories to create. I really do believe that the best is yet to come. And I feel like I have a purposeful life, but it's, I'm very grateful to have those things rattling around in my head. Uh, and thinking about them. It, it's, uh, I, I miss them. My parents, I feel like they should have gone a little longer, but that's just not how it worked out. What was on the, uh, what was on the table and was the turkey stuffed and what were the side dishes and what was it? A, what is, was it a long sit down? And did you eat like midday, like a lot of people on the prairies do, or did you, you know, yeah, I think it's good. That's a very good question. I think it was around four o'clock. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember just getting my fingers slapped countless times from pulling pieces off that turkey. My dad was always in there wiggling the leg. But seriously, that cur that turkey was cooked from eight o'clock in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon. It was cooked. And um, 
it was stuffed. Dad would do the stuffing. It was my Mormon grandmother's recipe. It was milk and onions and tons of sage and salt and pepper and a pound of goddamn butter. I just got, you know, two loaves of, of stale bread stuffed into that bird under the skin, under every crevice. And there was always green beans. There was always creamed peas and potatoes. No, creamed peas and carrots, like a flour milk mixture that got thrown. It was, I don't, we all ate it. I don't know why they did that to a perfectly good vegetable. (laughs) Um, Mashed potatoes, like a vat of mashed potatoes. And, um, and then always something, mom would make something that she would try. Well, I thought I'd try something new this year. So it would be like a candied Brussels sprout or some kind of uh, concoction that was sweet potato and, and uh, rutabaga. And it was mashed up with cornflakes on top of it. I mean, it was just weird stuff. We- but then there was always so many pies. There was pumpkin pie and there was, mom always bought tubs of ice cream from the co-op, like five gallon bloody pails of yeah. ice cream. My there's a legendary well legendary in our house. One year, my mom strayed. Uh, she, you know, we had the same kind of meal every year. And one year, she decided she saw Pierre Burton on TV, and and Pierre Burton had a stuffing recipe that she wanted to try. And um, Pierre was uh, he was you know, it's great author, great Canadian, not much of a cook. I don't think uh, <laughs> didn't go over. Sorry very about well. that. We still we still talk about it. Do you, do you have a favorite? Was there one year where you you had an eye popping gift where Santa left you something that nearly made you pee your pants? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I, I remember getting a little record player and it was just like I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe that you know, the speakers came off this record player and that you put records on there. I, I, that was mind boggling to me, you know, skis one year, getting rosin all skis were, was just like, Holy crap. Um, but I always, I liked everything. I, my mom knew better than to buy us clothes and things like that. Yeah. But uh, I remember in my twenties, they were still having us, you know, out to the house in my late twenties and mom would get me luggage and pots and pans. And it got a little more practical as the years wore on, but I think they always went to such great lengths um, to make sure that we had stuff Uh, and just wrapping it. I just, and it was always so neatly wrapped. Yeah. Yeah. I I know my mom was up till all hours of the morning wrapping those gifts. I'm sure my dad did nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, in our, in our house, it was, you know, later, later on, as I got older, I remember, you know, a lot of things were, um, Santa would leave them unassembled. So, you know, dad, mom and dad would have to assemble some things to the wee hours of the morning. What, what's the, what, what's, what, what's Christmas now in, in, uh, in your house? What do you do? What do you do for the holidays, Dan? Well, it's pretty quiet. The last few years, I, I normally, you know, back in the day, had quite a big uh, gathering here on the 24th um, and just had lots of fun, lots of games, opening stuff and things like that. Um, The last two or three years, four years, actually it's longer than that. I've been going back and forth to Europe. My dear friend, Nigel, um, like I'll be going over there just before Christmas this year. I'm actually going to Europe 
and he's coming back here with me for Christmas. And I've got a bunch of, not a bunch, but five or six people coming for dinner and just playing some games and hanging out, watching movies. Uh, it's, it's such a good excuse to just sit with the fire on and, yeah. and read books and, and really, really seriously not work and not do anything. And yeah. Just, just laugh. Lots of board games. Yeah, a um, lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, sleeping, and I, for me, just a lot of sleeping, not, not thinking, and, uh, and gratitude. I'm a wash in gratitude. Yeah. Uh, at, uh, during the holidays, I, it's. Yeah, I don't me know why. too. Yeah. Uh, lots of ro- ro- walks down the road, you know, just bundling up, and the birds are, you know, up before me. The deer are here. Everybody wants to have bird seeds and, you know, <laughs> crappy old. Uh, peanuts chucked out there for them so that's always it's fun for everybody but honest to god there can be you know five people sitting here staring at a fire yeah for four hours and nobody really says anything except what what can we eat yeah <laughs> what's in the fridge i yeah. <laughs> I know I know the answer to this, but people ask me all the time anyway about musicians. And I said, no, I don't think so. Nobody says to you, oh, Jan, get the guitar and sing some Christmas songs. Will no. you? <laughs> no, God, I don't have one single friend that would ever say that to me. <laughs> no. So there's there's no sing alongs around no. the fire. There's always Christmas music going. Yeah. Um, you I have usually- a favorite? You know, I'm a rollback. About two weeks ago, I was in Vancouver and I went to Langley, Fort Langley. And I ended up in this antique store and they had all these LPs. I know. Some of them were a buck. You might even know which. I do. I know. You need need 40 years to walk through there. Yeah. Yeah. And I found a Bing Crosby Christmas record. Oh, wow. One of my childhood favorites, but I love the oldies. I love. Dean Martin and Bing Crosby and Ella Fitzgerald and Barbra Streisand and, and Bette Midler. Um, I mean, there's just so many Nat King Cole, my God, there's Christmas music, Doris Day, um, Shirley Bassey, everyone, Petula Clark. That's the kind of Christmas music I like to listen to. I don't want to hear silent night with someone goes, ah, ah, you know, <laughs> like where there's the fucking song, like what happened here? And they're, they're doing so many hieroglyphics that, you don't even know what song it is till the very end. You're like, wow, that was, uh, that was interesting. <laughs> I'm this, I'm the same way. We, it's always, uh, standards and we appreciate, uh, vocalists that stay on the melody. <laughs> I just do that. I just like simple. I don't, I don't yeah, mind the obvious thing, but you know, when it comes to traditional Christmas music, I'll tell you what, I think that's what made Michael Bublé's Christmas stuff so unbelievably successful you know i when i think of christmas music i think of burl ives and and now i think of michael because and he probably doesn't really like it i think christmas has been a bit of his nemesis too but the success he's had is because it's so good the way he sings those songs it brings you back to a place and a time that like you and i were talking about you want to step into the photograph yeah why do you think christmas has been his nemesis well, I think there's lots of memes um, yeah. with Michael. I mean, I think <laughs> because he's had so much success with it yeah. that, of course, like anything else, when people get that successful, yeah. people want to kind of like just pull you down. Which it's, but- it's, it's hard to watch because I I've only met him once and I know, you know, him. he's one of the nicest people on the planet. The people and, and a guy at his success level 
both of his feet are are planted right on the ground. Yeah. He's very he cares. He really yeah. is very he he's very conscientious about the people around him. And I'll tell you what, he there's not one single person in his circle that isn't helped or supported by Michael. Yeah. And and encouraged. And he uh he's actually in the in our show this year. He's in the finale of the season three, and he's so goddamn funny. It's such a great part. It was his idea. I can't say one word about it, but it was just um, a joy to work with him. He was just prepared. His wife, Lou, is one of the, like, she's like Jennifer Aniston in Argentina. She's a huge star. And you just couldn't ask for two nicer people. Jan Arden on some of her Christmas traditions from her home just outside of Calgary, uh, where she looked very comfortable and we had a lovely conversation with her and I want to say Merry Christmas, Jen, as she's, uh, uh, she's got a uh, new record coming. She's got uh, the television show on CTV. She's, uh, she's, uh, she's a multi-thread. Is that what they call them? I think. You yeah. Know? She's a good, my mom would call her a going concern. <laughs> going concern. She's a going concern. She's had a lot of success for a long time and she's yeah. not slowing down. Good yeah. on her. Yeah. Another national treasure that I thought was, uh, was what they say in the game, a good get for the Christmas podcast. Right. Yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving until we run out of guests and stories. You're listening to Standing By, the Terry and Ted Christmas podcast, sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval, Matt Labonard, and Merson Automotive. The Christmas podcast, the Christmas special, has been made possible this year by a number of our friends, including my friends at Matlab Bonheur. You know, it's hard to get to sleep on Christmas Eve, so I don't even know if any of their great mattresses will help you get to sleep on Christmas Eve, but they want to help you throughout the rest of the year. And most importantly, uh, I want you to know that this is a family-run company. Norma and his family have been running the company since it first started all those years ago. And from their family to your family, they wanted to wish you all the best for the holiday season, a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all the best in uh, 2022, and maybe some new pillows for you, Ted, for the holidays. Listen, that's a great point about uh, not being able to get to sleep on, on Christmas Eve. If I had had a Metla Bonner mattress when I was eight years old, they probably would have had to drag me out of bed at nine <laughs> o'clock in the morning. No, 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 no. I'll give my presents later. Not yet. Not yet. They can, well, maybe not, but yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I do. They can take care of a great night's sleep and a lot of other things, and they were proud to be associated with the Christmas special this year, and I'm absolutely thrilled and uh, proud to have them. Uh, our friends at Matla Bonheur. You're listening to Standing By, the Terry and Ted Christmas podcast, a holiday season tradition since earlier today. Sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval, Matt LeBunner, and Merson Automotive. Well, I think this is going swimmingly, uh, Ted, for our uh, inaugural Christmas podcast on the Standing By podcast. It seems to be, and I think as long as we're doing this and as long as there's Christmas, we may as well keep doing it. Yeah, I'm uh, kind of enjoying it. I a lot of people, I, I have to say, a lot of people did ask me, you know, will you do a Christmas? And you saw it on social media. Yep. You know, when I say a lot, I mean maybe ten people. But people were wondering if we would do a Christmas broadcast, and uh, I was, um, I was, was quite chuffed by that, as they say, because that means people enjoyed the Christmas podcast we did all those years. 
Yeah, and I think if you extrapolate that 10, it's probably more like 12. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's a, it's a, almost a mob. Yeah. <laughs> I was also pleased and uh, thrilled with the, uh, the number of people that I approached immediately said, yeah, we would love to be on, including this international star who's got uh, such an attachment to the city of Montreal and the old radio station that Ted and I used to work at. Um, he is, um, he's such a nice man, um, a, uh, a real, he's the definition of the word troubadour. The stories and songs he's told over the years have uh, delighted people all around the planet. And uh, when I asked if he would be on the Christmas podcast, he didn't even hesitate, not for one second. And uh, we were lucky enough to uh, set up a Zoom call and chat with him from his wonderful home in Ireland. Chris DeBerg joins us on the podcast. But he had this theory that Yates, that the gyre, the cycle of every 2000 years, and lots of stuff was going on in my head. And uh, I just started writing this song. I had no idea that it would be a Christmas um, standard, but maybe the, the Star of Bethlehem was a spacecraft and people are coming from other planets to try and uh, look after the stupidity of human beings on Earth. Spaceman came traveling on his ship from afar. Twice light years of time since his mission did start. And over a village he halted his crown. It hung in the sky like a star. Just like a star. He followed the light and came down to a shed Where a mother and child were lying there on the bed A bright light of silver shone round his head And he had the face of an angel And they were afraid Then the stranger spoke he said, do not fear, I come from a planet a long way from here, and I bring message for mankind to hear, and suddenly the sweetest music filled the air, and I went, la 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 la. Many were wakened on hearing that sound, and travelers on the road, the village they found, by the light of that ship in the sky, which shone all around. And just before the dawn, at the paling of the sky, the stranger returned and said, now I must fly when 2,000 years of your time has gone by. 
this song will begin once again. To a baby's cry, and it goes la 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 And we sing da 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 This song will begin once again to a baby's Bravo. <laughs> it's terrible to hear just one hand clapping or two <laughs> clapping. But. Better, better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Take what you can get in this case. I uh, that's that's become a, a staple, uh, not just in my house at Christmas time, but I, I I sure know in a lot of Montrealers homes and for sure around the world. Um, and I think it, it's a nice opportunity now to ask you about the little wreath on, on the uh, the top <laughs> top of your guitar, um, a little decoration for Christmas, nicely done, buddy. There you go. Oh, oh, oh sweet. <laughs> and we just, see yeah. we we see Santa Claus behind you, Chris. I, this is a nice nice uh, point to talk about some of the some of the um, uh, Santa needs a haircut. <laughs> it surely does. <laughs> Talk about some of the uh, the uh, the traditions in the uh, Deberg household. I know, you know, there's so many different ways to celebrate the the holiday, um, and uh, you know, some obviously are, are are religious, some are not. I know, like in Quebec, for example, midnight mass is uh, very very big still in a lot of uh, uh, French homes in in uh, Montreal and around the province. Um, and across the country, everybody has a, a different way of uh, celebrating. I know in our house, uh, my mom borrowed a lot of the British traditions from her parents' side. You know, we wear the hats and we have the crackers and, 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 and all of that. I, I learned late, you know, as I was a little boy, that that was very, 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 very British tradition. Just wondering what happens in your house, let's say, starting on the 23rd of December. Where does it, what goes on at home? Well, the 23rd of December is kind of the big anticipation, particularly when the children were younger. We, we, we always get a Christmas tree and try to get it early in December. So it's um, also, incidentally, put it in water in the stand. And I'm told to put a little sugar in as well. It's oh, I didn't know that. Stay a little bit longer. And then we, we, we um, put beautiful things on it, you know, um, little hanging things, hundreds of things that we've, we've accumulated over the years. And I was, when I was in Germany recently, I've been fortunate to be able to travel a lot recently and do some solo shows and stuff. Um, but I was telling somebody in Germany, are they aware of the tradition um, that starts, uh, which we have now all over the world, started in Germany when Queen Victoria, who was German and Prince Albert, her, her consort husband, um, when they came to England uh, to be queen, when she was queen, 
she missing uh, the traditions of Germany so much that she introduced the idea of Christmas trees, the Tannenbaum. She brought in Christmas cards and things that, to decorate the tree. And a lot of the traditions that we have now originated from Germany through Queen Victoria. So in my house, um, well, the 24th, Christmas Eve, in the past, um, I remember going to dinner with some friends and getting rather hammered and then going to sing Christmas carols at midnight mass. <laughs> but I actually prefer Christmas morning going to our local church where, curiously enough, I sang, well, I must have been eight years old. Oh, it's so sweet. Once in Royal David City. That's, I started to sing. Anyway, um, the, the vicar there, he, we're Church of Ireland, which is Protestant faith. And actually, it doesn't really matter very much anymore, in my opinion, what you are. But um, he's great. He, he puts up videos for the children to laugh at. and It's a wonderful service. And I like to go to that, usually with my wife. And, and if the kids want to come to that as well, which they did when they were younger. And then we have a late lunch, usually around four or five. And this year, it's going to be chaotic because uh, we're, I'm now the proud grandfather of three little ones. Or um, Sophia will turn two, um, will have turned two on the 18th of November. The two boys um, on the 21st, no, it's the other way around. To two boys, Hugo and Oscar, were one year old on the 18th of November, Sophia was two. So it's going to be pretty chaotic in the house, but a lot of noise and a lot of fun. And uh, during the lockdown, in fact, my only audience was those kids. <laughs> <laughs> Singing, by the way, a Raffi song. Great. Baby beluga in the deep blue sea Swims so wild and swims so free Heaven above, sea below For a little white way go I love his music. He's so I'm good. sure Ra Raffi will be thrilled to hear that. Yeah, great, great guy. Um, so that's our Christmas. And in fact, this brings me to a Christmas song that is found all over the world. And there's one tradition that I keep to. Every Christmas is some years ago, I saw at an auction for sale, a letter written by a soldier on the Western Front. And the, the date on it is quite extraordinary, written on ordinary paper in pencil. The man was clearly an officer, um, but he, the date was the 25th of December, 1914. And in this letter, which I read out to anybody who listen on Christmas Day, he, he describes what happened the night before and or the afternoon before, because most people don't realize that in a lot of European countries, Christmas starts on the 24th of December. And he describes this man how the Germans stopped firing at us and they put candles all along the top of the trenches and they started singing songs to us. And we started singing in the back again. And very slowly, they, they emerged from their trenches. We emerged from ours. And we walked into no man's land and shook hands. Young men from different God. countries, but, you know, celebrating the Christmas and they, they both, they, the way that they both understood. And it's an extraordinary letter. And then he describes the next day the game of football, one of the famous games of football that took place in no man's land, what they had for Christmas lunch. And the belief that the whole thing would be over, um, the first world would be over very soon. 
And one of the songs that they sang, um, which was, I had the opportunity of performing two years ago, I think it was three years ago, in a tiny little village where it was first performed 200 years earlier, the song called Stillenacht. So the Germans were singing their version and the British soldiers were singing Silent Night back again. So um, I think this could be an appropriate moment because it is a moment of history. Oh, that's beautiful, Chris. Absolutely beautiful. You're gonna, you, you said you were going to sing another song as we go out. Is that right? Certainly going to do it. It comes from yes. this album, The Legend of Robin Hood. And it's what I was trying to do is kind of tie up um, the whole Robin Hood story. Why are we still talking about this guy so many hundreds of years later? So I came up with a song called Legacy and the intention is to have a song at the end of a show, everybody on their feet going, all this kind of stuff. So I'm going to play it from my um, uh, machine here and sing on, and I hope I get the balance right. All right, and uh, here we go. Just one dream can change a nation Just one man can open a door A single voice can be lost in time But a million voices will be heard 
Just one dream can change a nation. Just one man can open the door. A single voice can be lost in time. But a million voices will be heard. Just one dream can change a nation. Just one man can break down a door. A single life can be lost in the dark. But a million lights will shine through the world. Everybody stand up. Just one dream can change a nation. Just one man can break down a door. A single life can be lost in the dark. But a million lights will shine through the world. Thanks very much, everybody. Have a wonderful Christmas. It's been such a pleasure to talk to my friend Terry again. We look forward to returning to Canada in April and May next year, 2022. Stay safe, everyone. Stay healthy. Have a great, great Christmas. Happy Christmas, Chris. Just one dream can change the nation. Just one man can break down a wall. A single life can be lost in the dark, but a million lights will shine through the world. A million lights will shine through the world. Through the I have to tell you, that's a special gift from uh, Christenberg, him uh, not only agreeing to talk about Christmas from his beautiful home in Ireland, but also uh, to share some of uh, his traditions and to pick up the guitar for us and uh, play some songs uh, for you was a pretty special Christmas gift. Don't you agree, Ted? He certainly seems to be cognizant of and grateful for uh, his connection to Montreal and the affection that Montrealers have for him. Yeah. And uh, what I've learned is that, you know, that affection spreads worldwide. He's uh, huge in uh, Germany and uh, across the rest of this country, of course, a number of markets uh, in and around the United States. And uh, when he goes on tour, you know, he can see most of the planet with uh, that guitar and band of his. And he's got a lot of new projects uh, in the pipeline that we're going to hear more about um, coming up in uh, the new year. So very, oh, that's pretty cool. He's no spring chicken, eh? I think he's no. even older than you and me, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. well, he he is a grandpa. And uh, yeah. yeah, he's a few years older than you and I, I think he's in his 70s now, uh, but as sharp as a tack and uh, just as just a, as nice a man as you'd ever want to meet. He's just an absolute uh, just a wonderful, wonderful person. So Merry Christmas uh, from Christenberg and from us, Chris, thank you so much 
and Merry Christmas to you and the family. I hope you have an amazing, amazing holiday. When we come back, uh, we are going to talk to uh, every year my most requested guest for the Christmas special, my mom. A holiday tradition as cherished as Uncle Billy falling down the stairs and taking out the fully decorated tree. It's the Standing By Terry and Ted Christmas Podcast, sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval, Matt Bonheur, and Merson Automotive. The Christmas Podcast is made possible from longtime friends of ours, a family who's been helping Montreal families for Oh boy, many, many years. Our friends at the Mersons, Ted. Three generations now they've been in business. Uh, and a quick clarification, I do Merson Automotive social media. The other day I posted an ad from Yokohama for their Ice Guard winter tires. And somebody responded on Twitter, are they only available in black? And I said, no, no, you can get them in yellow, but those ones are made of corn and they're on back order. <laughs> So don't ask for those for Christmas. No, no, no. <laughs> I've always thought, though, corn tires might be interesting in the snow because the niblets would have excellent texture for traction. <laughs> well, I'm sure the Mersons will be thrilled with that. The, yeah. uh, well, I've rented up the flagpole with <laughs> yep. them and they said, okay. get out. Okay. Kara <laughs> and Celso and Mark and Bonnie and the whole Merson family and their family at the shop because the, the, the guys at the shop uh, are like family. They've been there for a very, very long time. Uh, and they wanted to uh, wish you and your family all the best of the holiday season. A Merry Christmas, all the best in 2022. And hope uh, that uh, if you've needed them for anything in the past, you'll go see them in the new year. The Mersons have made this uh, Christmas podcast possible. And uh, we thank them. You know where to find them. MersonAuto.com. Terry DeMonte and Ted Bird, it's the Christmas edition of the Standing By podcast. And we have had quite a lineup, I think. And I'm blowing smoke up our own arse, Ted, but uh, not a bad lineup for the first one. Peter Mansbridge, Jan Arden, uh, your mom, uh, PJ Stock. And uh, it, I, I thought it was a uh, Krista Berg, of course, a uh, pretty good lineup. No, I thought it was a great lineup, but all yeah. of those names you just mentioned, uh, that's just the lead into our headliner. <laughs> that's right. I, I was absolutely thrilled in the last, I'd say, six or seven years. I would start to get emails uh, from listeners uh, saying, are you doing the Christmas show? Are you doing the Christmas show? And then as it got closer to the Christmas show, I'd get emails saying, what time is your mom on? When are you going to have your mom on? And it became a tradition to have mom on to talk about uh, her favorite Christmas carol. Haley um, Jackson. Thank you very much. A silent night by the uh, legendary gospel singer Mahalia Jackson. Um, and we talked about Christmases in the DeMonte household, and it just became a signature of uh, the Christmas show. So, we couldn't um, we couldn't do the inaugural Christmas show version of the Standing By podcast uh, without a visit from Mrs. Demonte, my mom. Now, uh, how have you found great grandchildren, Bev, compared to uh, grandchildren? How is it the same? Uh, oh yeah, it is. But you get tired out at eighty five years old. You know they come, and what's good about it being close is they come and spend a few hours, and then they can go home. Sometimes they sleep over, but they they call me Gigi and they call Lou Poppy. So they love Aww. to see Gigi and Poppy. 
That's great. And we have fun. And it's nice. So it's going to be it's going to be a great Christmas. I yeah, think. I'm looking looking forward to it a lot. And it's nice that, you know, mom and dad moved to Arnprior um, to be surrounded by family just as I headed out to the other coast, which is not uh, great timing. Uh, but now that I'm retired and uh, living in uh, biblical times on the West Coast, <laughs> yeah. um, we, I'm v- getting very, very excited to, to uh, go home. It reminds me of of when I lived in Calgary, Mon, came home for Christmas. I'm, a, yeah. I'm really excited about it. Um, what what? So I know Donna took care of Turkey at Thanksgiving. Yeah, she, so, did, she did all. Yeah, she did all the cooking. And, it, and will she be stepping in at Christmas again? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. <laughs> well, yeah, I just kind of sit on the side and make sure she's doing it right. So <laughs> here's here's a question for you. Ted, Ted confessed to his mom the other day on the call with her that him and his brother used to uh, uh, peak and go hunting for presents. How many, how many days, Ted, before? Well, like, I don't know. I don't remember exactly, but probably at least two weeks before Christmas. If she was, when I was old enough that, that I could be in charge, if she was out, you know, getting her hair done or shopping or whatever. And I was 12 or 13 and could look after my brother who was, who was six or seven, we'd start rooting through the closets and looking for presents. And we usually found them. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> well, that spoils all the surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but that's, you know, we were the uh, we were the king and the crown prince of instant gratification. <laughs> yeah. I guess you didn't hide them too well. No, not very no. well at all. And and that that made me think, well, not that I I was not a peeker. I didn't want to su- spoil no. the surprise. I don't think Donna was either. No. And no. and I'm not I'm not sure if Dean was, but when I think about the house on Granger in Pierrefonds, there, there wasn't a lot of room to hide presents. What, what did you do? Well, lock the door. <laughs> Remember <laughs> well, that? I, you know, to be honest, um, well, in those days, we had hardly two cents to rub together. Right. So Nanny and Papa, who was my mom and dad, they lived in Toronto and they did all the shopping and they got all the gifts and everything. So they would come probably the day before Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve with them. So I didn't have anything to hide other than, you know, little things that we bought. When they but, pulled up, when they pulled up from Toronto, my sister and I, there was a yeah. little, little tiny window in the living room, and my sister and I would kneel on the carpet, and and just watch, waiting for the car to make the turn. <laughs> yeah. Because it was like Santa's sleigh arrived because yeah. they, they spoiled us when we were kids. They really did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, well, I mean, we tried, you know, it was pretty hard in those days, I guess, you know. Yeah. But, um, I mean, really, when you think about it, you loved the the Garlu and all that that you loved. And, you know, that was really something. Uh, yeah. You know, when Papa went and got the garlu and got it fixed for you. Yeah. Memories that that have lasted for all of 60 some odd years. Garlu Garlu was a plastic monster. Um, That was the big toy, I think, in 1962 or 63. And my my grandfather got the last one there. And uh, yeah, and it was broken and he repaired it from what I understood. Yeah. And you were just, oh. 
Yeah, I I still I, I don't know how old I was, but I, I, I still remember that morning and, and will forever remember that morning. That's a that's the great thing about Christmas is is the, the treasured memories. Ma, I'd, I'd like you to tell the story about I'm going to set it up. So here's the way Christmas went in our house. We we had a we we were I was born in Verdun, but we were raised on the West Island. So we had a whole bunch of family in Verdun. So. My mom and dad insisted on a Christmas tradition, which I'm forever grateful for, that we had our own turkey around our own table before we went visiting relatives in Verdun yeah. on Christmas Day. And yeah. that required mom to, well, you, you did things that today they, they would yell at you for, eh, mom? Like you stuffed the yeah. turkey before it was cooked and tell yeah, people... Well Tell people what the plan was, how you managed well, to. Christ Christmas Eve, it was Christmas Eve. Uh, Auntie Effen, Effie and uh, Uncle Herbie and Jeannie would come over and they would never go home. They would, you know, I, I'd set at the table and you kids were all in bed and everything. And they probably would leave around 2 a.m. And then I would stuff, well, the, stuff the turkey the night before and put it in the fridge and today that's a no-no but i always did that nobody died nobody nope. else coming out it. and um then when after they left i put my head down and sure enough you three kids were up and you know so i put the the turkey in at 5 a.m so we would eat about 11 a.m get out of the house, I'd make sure everybody was clean and their hair combed and all that stuff and their new, you know, their clothes okay. And we'd leave around noon after the, the turkey and everything. And then we had, we had the crackers and the hats and all that stuff. And then we'd go to Verdun to see Nanny. And eat and, some more. And eat some more. <laughs> <laughs> And then we'd go over to Manning to see Ross. And it was just a long, long day. Right. And some some Christmases, Uncle Billy would come over. Yes. Well, Ted asked about Uncle Billy uh, when we were talking to uh, Mrs. Bird. I like the story about how he <laughs> fell down the stairs and took out the tree and didn't spill a drop of his drink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but I like it. <laughs> Uncle Billy loves to have a good time. He loved to have <laughs> he loved to have a good time and, and he stood on um so you know the little steps from the kitchen that went down? And he fell right into the tree. <laughs> it's one of it's one of those legendary Christmas stories that comes up every year. And, and I know um, um, people, I don't know if people know this or remember this, but we, we know that Santa Claus is always so busy at this time of the year that yeah. uh, Papa uh, for a couple of years was our Santa Claus on the radio for us. That's right. Yeah. He did a yeah. good job. Yeah. He would, God, he, he really, really did a good job. Yeah. Your kids actually thought it was Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. My he would he would uh, he would uh, call the house, and you know our heads would be, you know, would explode. And then and then uh, during the time that you and I were doing Christmas shows, Ted, we had him on a couple of times. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. You did. I think yeah. you had a recording of him, eh? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What do you have? Do you have a? This is an unfair question, Mom, because I know, you know, I tell people this all the time. You and Dad made every Christmas, every single Christmas, so spectacular um, that all of them were great. But is there one that sticks out? Is is it the early ones when we were tiny? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. When you were tiny, because there's there in lies all the magic, you know, because you believe and it doesn't last so long. No. So by the time you're six, seven, well, that kind of, you know, but when you're little, it's just so much fun to see your faces and, you know, uh, pretend that you know you put the cookies out in the milk and everything we always had to make sure that we put them away when you got up they were gone right just to see your faces those were the best times so are you getting to read together we've had wonderful christmases are you getting to relive that with your great-grandchildren bev well this will be last year we were in Cornwall and we didn't um, get to see them because they were with their father. It's one of those, you know, how okay. things are yeah. today, all yeah. that stuff, yeah. crazy stuff. So I, I kind of think maybe it would be Kayla's turn this year. So I think they'll be here. It'll be, it'll be lots of fun, but I don't, you know, I'll be in bed earlier being yeah. my age. So I just hope it's going to be like magic again. Ted, did you have this the same uh, the same experiences when Charlie and Sam and Ali and and Lauren were were really tiny? That's when the that's when it was pretty spectacular. Oh, absolutely, that's yeah. when it's the most fun. And I was thinking, Terry, when you were talking about being little and looking out the window with your sister, that anticipation and how that was such a big part of Christmas when we were kids. And then when you grow up, it becomes the exact opposite. It comes too fast. Yeah. yeah. Up on you way too fast and you yeah. don't have time to do everything that you need to do. It's a huge, huge difference. But I mean, that's life in general, right? The older you get, the faster life goes or the faster yeah, time goes. Yeah. Well, cause you just move slower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> What's what what's on tap for this year, Ma? Have you because it's a new house, so have you got the yeah. spot for the tree and you got all of that organized in your head? Well, we have one outside now. We picked it up last week. Yeah. Um it's out on the balcony or the porch and it whoops. Hey. That's the phone. That's our uh I was gonna say, did you get a message. bird? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody said. Yeah, we have a tree out in the front, and um, it's all lit up. Yeah, but I and wanted to. I wanted to get some snowmen and everything the other day, but Dad said, "Oh, you know, just stay to the game." <laughs> well, what are you going to do? But <laughs> I keep telling you, Ma, you should spend your your money. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Dylan. <laughs> yeah, what do they say? You can't take it with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, there's something something about a a, a hearse and a brinks or something like that. That uh, I think the old say the old saying was there's no luggage rack on a hearse. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Well, listen, you're you're like my mother. You and Lou yeah. both. You're gonna outlive us all. Yeah. That's right. Well, you know what? It's it. It's what you're used to. Like if you're always used to watching your pennies, no matter what it is, you still watch your pennies. 
Well, listen, better that than the other way around. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 We, sure. we remember the days when we had no pennies. <laughs> <laughs> what this this here, my because we're doing a podcast and and I'm not on the radio anymore. Yeah. Um, we ha we we have to be careful about um, about playing music because you need permission and a whole thing. Blah blah blah. What? Yeah. So we we may are going to. Yeah. I know we are going to play some music, but we can't play Mahalia Jackson this year. Why? Well, it's a complicated uh, thing that a lawyer would have to explain, but you, you have to get the rights to the music and ask permission. Otherwise, your podcast gets taken down. Yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Oh, but those damn lawyers. I want <laughs> to I want to for sure um, make sure that we talk about that tradition, which we talk about every year. Yeah. Um, yeah. the Paul Reed Christmas show. That's right. Yeah. Um, and we are, you, we, when we put this show together, I got permission from Mike Reed and the Reed family to use a Paul Reed clip. Oh, nice. So oh, nice. that that's going to be part of the show, oh. but tell people about Paul Reed and how we used to uh, spend Christmas Eve. Well, Christmas Eve, yeah, you'd, you know, you'd have your basket and your pajamas and, We'd all sit in the living room and listen to Paul Reed, and really, a penny could drop. It was so, you were so, you know, you had every ear on the radio, and, and it was really something. And when the littlest angel came on, that's when I said, okay, you got to go to bed now. When he was done telling that story about the littlest angel, yes, that's we right. had to go to bed. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, he closed every show with Silent Night. Yes. And Mahalia oh, Jackson. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 And, and for the 30 plus years that I did the Christmas show on the radio, I'd play that on the Christmas show every single year. Uh, you know, on a rock station, on a heavy rock station, we would yeah. play the gospel singer Mahalia Jackson. And people would, you know, after a while, people were sending me emails saying, when's your mom going to be on? And when are you playing Mahalia no. Jackson? And <laughs> I, I, it's it's too bad that we can't play it this year, but I'm I'm hoping people will find it and play oh. it in, in spite of the fact that we can't. Isn't that well? I'm not it is. Into that. It yeah. is. It's. It's. I don't really... know anything. Yeah, about all that crazy yeah. stuff. And yeah. you know, it's crazy just getting this thing. This. Zoom yeah. yeah. Thing. Well, that's that's because now Ted and I are podcasters. I see, and we love it. We love. You know, you you've, you two have always been. You just. It's been a funny, funny pair all these years. And I just love Ted's sense of humor. He's, he's, and I hear his mother's the same. I didn't, so we'll be hearing his mother when it comes on for the, yeah, yeah that's yeah. good. Well, Terry and I said on the very first podcast that we think that the, a big part of the chemistry is that we had similar upraisings uh, in yeah. smaller households with similar values. And that's why we relate on, on, uh, on such a great level. Oh yeah, you two were, you know, Boy, they missed something. That was oh well. I won't get into it, but you know, Ma, the radio, the radio business that Ted and I were lucky enough to be part of doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. <clears throat> no, no, it doesn't. 
And you know what my dad used to say? He used to say, it's better to be a has-been than it ever was. <laughs> well, you know, this podcast with you two together is just great. Yeah. I mean, Thank it's you. been going good, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been well received, and uh, I should say that um, uh, Ted is uh, still on the radio at Light One Hundred Six FM. Yeah, in, I know. Uh, I'm in Hudson. Yeah, and I'm I'm uh, quietly retired uh, on the uh, coast of uh, the uh, country, and um, there is a season two of the podcast coming up in 2022. So we're well, excited that's good. That's yeah. if we're still alive. Yes, ma, stop with that. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? You know what dad does? He what? he sometimes, I don't know how he gets it, but he listens to Ted. Oh, there you go. Oh, good. Yeah, and it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> He'll say, listen to this one. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> but well, I'll have to give him a shout out then if I know he's listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Ma, I'm, um, I will be home soon for Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. And also, always, you know, I say this every year, the, a million thank yous to you and Dad for all of the magical memories oh. you put together over, over these last 64 Christmases, about to be 64 Christmases. And, um, I just, um, I, I know, I know that we're, we're the envy of a lot of people because we didn't, you know, there's a lot of people that weren't as lucky as I, I am. And my, my sister Donna and, and Dean were that we had you and dad as, uh, uh, parents who put together such a, a wonderful, wonderful childhood and great Christmases. Oh, so. that's so well, one more thing. Do you have time? Of course. Could I get dad and Dean up here and we'll sing with We Wish You Merry Christmas? Yes, please do. Yeah, okay, I don't okay, go ahead. Okay, I'll explain this. When we when when we were like in our, our teens and uh the the second or third martini was served, when the phone rang in the kitchen, we wouldn't pick it up and say hello. People would phone the house just to hear the phone get picked up and then there would be a performance by the, uh, by the DeMontes, which is about, which is what you're about to hear. Okay. We're waiting for that now. I don't think it'll be as resonant as when we have 12 people in the house. Though. No, no, no. But I was just explaining Dean, there's my brother, Dean. Of course we're not, uh, we won't have video. I don't think, uh, based on the way things are going in the assembly. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. So, are you sure these lawyers are going to be okay with this? Absolutely. I think this, because this one's an old traditional one. Yeah. So, as I was explaining, the phone would ring, the only phone, which was hanging on the wall in the kitchen, yeah. and and people would phone the house just to hear uh, this uh, performance. Okay. Ding -a -ling -a -ling. We, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yay! Yay! <laughs> That's my ma. She seems to be a, a big hit. And uh, boy, does mom love Christmas. It was, um, it was, you know, both my mom and dad, of course, are responsible for all the magical memories we had in our house. But my mom brought all of that uh, British tradition from her house 
um, with her mom and dad, you know, the hats, the crackers, the singing, the, you know, a lot of that stuff all happens at British tables. And she, she made sure there, that Christmas was a, a, a huge celebration in our house. And as you could hear, she still loves it, Ted. And you're very fortunate. And I know, you know, this, that you still have the entire family intact, both yeah. of your parents, your brothers, uh, your sister, their kids, um, their kids, kids. And in, in, uh, I think Donna's got uh, grandchildren, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So your parents are your, our great grandparents now. And uh, boy, oh boy, what a, what a great way to, uh, to keep those traditions alive, uh, to be able to pass them on to a next gen, another generation. Yeah, and they are getting passed on. My niece, Kayla, who's got the two girls who are the great-grandchildren now, uh, Kayla puts up her tree. She, she, it's all she can do to get Halloween out of the way, uh, and the tree goes up like November 1st. She's an absolute Christmas fanatic, so I know the tradition will live on for sure. It's got passed down to Kayla, that's for sure, and those kids. You know, on Light 106.7, where I host the morning show, we started playing Christmas music the third week of November, and uh, we actually got a couple of complaints, people saying it's too early. No, <laughs> really? it's not. No. It's, a, it's not too early. And B, no. are, are the songs about peace and love and joy, are they getting you down? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I, I find, especially in these last couple of years, uh, with, you know, the pandemic and all of the craziness that's gone on, um, I, I find people are, there's a, a bigger thirst for a little bit more joy in the world. A oh, little sure, early. yeah. And yeah. a month and change, a month and change out is is not too early. Like you oh. know, Halloween or before Halloween, yes, that's yes. too early for Christmas. But I a month agree. and change out, you know that those four to five weeks go by really fast. And in uh, your uh, house, we talked about this at the beginning. You'll be with your family on Christmas Day, Ted. I'll be with the boys uh, and Allie on uh, Christmas Eve. And I'll be wherever I'm invited to on Christmas Day. <laughs> it's too bad you still did. quickly tell the story about what you did for your Jewish friends. That was a tradition in the birth. Oh, yeah. We used to, uh, when I was still married to Danielle, who grew up in Hampstead, we used to have all her Jewish friends over on Christmas Eve. We would have the Levines and uh, who else would come over? The Levines, the Carpers, and the, uh, and the Kimmels. And we could... <laughs> We called it the Christmas Jubilee. <laughs> and they would come over every and, Christmas Eve. And they loved you it, know right? what? That listen, that yeah. might happen this Christmas Eve. I don't know because I'm I'm invited to Danielle's place for, for Christmas Eve and, and that crew that crew might show up. Yeah. And I hope they do because uh, it was always a lot of fun. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh Merry Christmas to you, Ted Bird. And to you, sir, and to your wife, Jessica, and many, many thanks to her for everything she's done uh, in terms of, of getting this podcast up and running and keeping it on the rails. She has done yeoman's service or yo woman's service, I guess. Yeah, Jessica has uh, has been uh, my uh, my greatest gift in my life. She uh, she has done so many things for me and starts with making me a better man. And she has been the executive producer of this episode and worked tirelessly to uh, make sure that it was the best it can be. So I love you. So so we better much. go before we start yeah. to cry. <laughs> <laughs> did, 
you see that thing that my mother sent? <laughs> no. What? My, mother, my mother sent me after we did our episode about the veterans and we yeah. got all emotional. My mother cut a, an, uh, an article out oh. of the newspaper, which she still does. She cuts articles out of the newspaper and mails them to me rather than emailing me the link. So she cut out the article from the newspaper. It was about the last Canadian Canadian casualty in World War One, and she put a little note and she put, "Here's another war story for you. Maybe you and Terry can have a good cry." <laughs> she was mocking us, Terry. Yes, I know. Uh, God yeah. love her. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Merry Christmas to her. My thanks uh, to our guests once again, to PJ Stock, to Jan Arden, to Peter Mansbridge. Uh, to Chris Berg uh, from his home in Ireland, to your mom and my mom, and from our house to your house, a uh, very, very, very Merry Christmas. And of course, a tip of the cap to the Reed family for allowing us to use that Paul Reed clip. And as we, uh, as we uh, leave you today uh, and we say thanks for listening to the podcast, uh, I want to play you a little, uh, a little clip, uh, The Voice of Santa Claus as portrayed by my late great-grandfather, not my great-grandfather, but he was a great man, my late grandfather, William Betchley. Hello, this is Sonny Claus here. I'm sorry to bother you. I know how busy you must be. Yeah. How's it going? Oh, not too bad at all here. We have got a really white Christmas now, if it stays this way. We hope it will, and it looks pretty good. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, eh? we uh, we know you only got five days left, so we thought we would uh, we would check in and and uh, see how you were making out. Ah, uh, very good there, Terry, me boy. And the elves are taking care of you, and everything is well. One is working to the bone. You know, they're going full blast here right now. That elf union's not giving you any trouble. No way, no way. They're going along fine there. And how's Mrs. Claus? Well, she's helping when she can. You know, it's a little uh, tough on. <laughs> and there's Mrs. Claus in the background. Yeah. Uh, we were just wondering, Santa, uh, uh, myself and Ted and Patty, we were just wondering if we made the naughty or nice list this oh, year. Oh, you all made the nice list this year. Yeah. Oh, so we're going to be all right then? You sure are. You're really going to do fine. <laughs> no coal in the stocking? No coal, no coal. Don't worry, we won't put no coal in there this year. All right, well, we were speaking to the weather office earlier this morning, and it looks like everything is going to be A-OK for you on on, on, uh, really good, really. Yeah. on on Tuesday night. Yeah. So we know how busy you're going to be. That's for sure. So, we, we could do all the, with all the help we could get, you know? Yeah. That's, and I don't know, I'm going to go out there and see who's doing and who isn't doing now. And make sure you're taking care of those reindeer because we know they're going to have a long ride on... Is it's Tuesday night, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, listen, all the best. A Merry Christmas to you, the elves, and to Mrs. Claus. Right old Terry boy. And we'll, give you the best. we'll give them the best for you. All right, and, and have a safe journey there Tuesday night, and uh, we'll make sure there's a beer for you when you get to our house. Uh, that's me, boy. <laughs> All right, thanks, Santa. Okay there, Terry. Bye. Merry Christmas. Standing by, the Terry and Ted Christmas Podcast has been brought to you by Jaguar Land Rover Laval, Merson Automotive, and Matla Bonnard. Whatever you're celebrating, happy holidays and best wishes for the new year. Thanks for your support, and we hope you'll join us for Season 2 in 2022.